0: This show has been transformative for me in so many ways, but one of the biggest surprises for me in season one was how scared I was, and that surprised me.
1: Welcome to this bonus episode of Don't Say Content. We've got one more bonus episode for you before season three drops, and in this one, we sat down with Rachel Downey, CEO and co-founder of Share Your Genius, and that, yes, is our lovely podcast production company to talk about all things about our journey with podcasts, where we've been, where we're going to go, and what kind of impact podcasting is having in the B2B world. Go ahead and have a listen.
0: Rachel, that was like the first thing I ever like loved about you when we first started working together was like, she's bossy and yeah. I love it. She's a boss. She's not even bossy.
2: She's a boss. I hate that, but I love it (laughs) at the same time. So I'm good with it.
0: Yeah, it was great. This is like, because we met, we met when I was still CEO of Animals. Yeah. We were going to, we were going to relaunch the Animals podcast and I was like, I want to go legit. Well,
2: we met actually before that, Devin, or we were supposed to meet because we were going to speak on a panel together.
1: Wait, are you that one around COVID?
2: (laughs) And then you got COVID. And then we met after that. And that's when you were like, I
0: want to start an animals podcast. Or restart. Yeah. And that was Lindsay. Lindsay from the Indy, the Indianapolis community crew are outstanding. Like I did that one panel at High Alpha during the pandemic. I think it was 2020 even. Lindsay was on the panel and i was like sweet jesus she is way more polished than me i hope no one notices she was like pro she's a pro like she is so good
2: at speaking she always looks like perfect yeah she's she's what you want to be she's like margaret <laughs> actually she's like margaret <laughs> oh yep. man yep. yeah you 100%.
1: guys cut this into the the b-roll of compliments <laughs> that i get <laughs>
2: the Margaret <laughs> track. It's true. it's true.
0: I think it's really cool because when we – so when you and I started working together, Rachel, CEO of Animals, Lindsay, who was like my CEO friend because apparently that's a thing that you have to do. You have to get other CEO friends so you can stay sane and alive. So she became my CEO friend. I told her I was going to relaunch the Animals podcast. She reminded me that I already know you mm-hmm. and was like, talk to her. <laughs> And we started kicking off, and I was so impressed. Like, this is not an ad. This is, like, a true thing. But, like, you – as someone who is very bossy and very opinionated about marketing, marketing strategy, even podcasting to a degree, you led every call. You're like, okay, here's what I want you to think about. Here's a que-. And every question you had kind of stumped me, which meant that you were tapping into something, uh, like, deeper – or something you know, something that wasn't like um, – you were like rooting out the differentiators. And that's what it felt like. I was like, oh, you don't make this different by like choosing something on the outside. It has to come from the inside. And all of your questions, I felt – you know when you feel something like in your belly and you're like, this is correct. Like that's what you – Brought out of me and then translated. And then, like, halfway through, before, not even halfway through, like right after we getting through the show format and we were ready to go, I left animals and completely ghosted you because I wasn't allowed to, t- I couldn't tell anyone right away.
2: Yeah. It was fine. It was fine, though. It's like one of those things, like, I always feel like the people that you're supposed to work with, you end up finding each other no matter what. And so it's like part of it is like your gut like maybe leaning into the questions I was asking and some of the creative process that was happening. But I also feel like there was actual synergy that's like, no, no, we're creatively supposed to be working together. And so, yeah.
1: But then wait, how did it come? How did you come back around? Because then Devin and I both left at the same time. We're having a random call where we're both like, we should do a podcast together. (laughs) <laughs> just for note, like I don't, I hadn't listened to podcasts before ever. Um, but we thought that that was a good idea. And then the next thing I know we're introduced to you and we're having the most amazing, again, kickoff call. And I'm like, who, where did she come from? So how did that reconnection happen? She um, found me on LinkedIn, yeah. right? You messaged me.
2: No, I texted you. Okay. You this is what had happened was. So <laughs> then when I, found, when I found out, um, when I found out that you had left, I think I texted you. I think I found your phone number from my inbox, like in my email. And I just was like, let's, I would love to catch up when you have a minute. And then you texted me back and we got on a call. And I was like, look, let's just, let's just do a show. Let's figure out you doing a show still. And then that's what happened.
0: It was awesome. I remember where I was actually. I was on the roof deck of my building walking around. It was like this beautiful sunny day in the fall. And I was just like pacing back and forth with excitement. Cause Margaret, our thing was like, it was, we got on that call together just to catch up and both of us had in our minds, I want, like, I wanted, I was like, it'd be cool to do a podcast with Margaret, but I felt a little shy saying it it kind of like came out together. So it's like, we had these like independent thoughts. They came together, Rachel, you came into the mix and now, and we did this show and okay. So <laughs> this show has been transformative for me in so many ways. But one of the biggest surprises for me in season one was how scared I was. And that surprised me because I've been on stage a lot. I've authored my own like courses, workshops, stories. Like I have led with me a lot. And but it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I really identified as like, you know, VP of animals, CEO of animals. And I had gotten really used to that to the point where when I left, my big question was, who am I if I'm not a CEO and CEO of this company? And-, and you tried to actually, outside of that too, you had this like
1: fear-based brain thing where you were like, how long can I not be CEO before I'm irrelevant? Yes. You literally were like, I don't know if I can advise and consult for longer than six to eight months or else I'm going to be completely irrelevant
2: or <laughs> something like that. And I was like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Yeah. Where did those fears like come from?
0: I have no idea. Actually, I just was like, hey, I'm bored today because I don't have a job. Let me let me come up with a fear and really lean into it for a second. I'm not
1: running from lions, So I'm just going to use my like my internal anxiety for something (laughs) way
0: unproductive. Although, okay, so now but I'm curious, though, like for you two, because I think my like my sort of fears in a way they're like. They're kind of like obvious, right, but for you two, like you know, Margaret, you from the similar standpoint as me is like, we're both hosts. And then Rachel, from a producer standpoint, you're basically taking a risk on us. So like, how did that, like, what was, what was going through? What were you too like worried or afraid of when we got started?
2: I had no fear. I don't know. That's what, like, I had literally no fear. Um, I think the thing that I always think about, and you alluded to this a, a minute ago when you were like, the questions that we asked was like coming, you know, deep within you and things like that. The role of a producer is to see the story you can't even if you know what you think you want to do. And so I think that plays into like the vision people have in terms of like you as a talent as well. It's like most people can see you for bigger than what you can see yourself or they see you in a way that you can't yourself. And so it's the same thing when it comes to like creating content, but it's also the same thing in saying I didn't take a risk. I mean, sure. Did I take a financial risk? Maybe. But I knew that like you two like – and I can see you too. And so it was just a matter of like coming up with the right mix, making sure that we're doing it the correct way, making sure that it's sustainable for you so that you want to do it. But I had no fears around the process because I can, I can just like see you too. I yeah. I don't know if that's helpful.
0: What was your like, did you have, okay, so you're not scared, but you did like, you didn't come in as a producer you came in as a supporter of the show, right? Like, you were our first partner. You've been our biggest partner. You were, like, literally the show would not exist without you. So, like, that's a pretty big investment from a small company, right? You're doing very well. and so But, like, technically, like, you're still, like, you don't have limitless amounts of, like, budget and staff. And so, you know, (laughs) like, you're, you know, like, you're, you, the impact that you have and what you've accomplished is like sort of outsized your actual physical size of people. And so it's like, what? Okay. So you weren't scared, but then like, what, what did you want? Or like, what did you see? Um,
2: okay. This is a tough question. I mean, there's a few things here. There's millions of podcasts out there. Not all of them are created equal, but the, the, one of the major reasons that they're not all created equal is because not all talent is created equal. And there are some people who are on a microphone that don't need to be on a microphone. They're just not good. I mean, they're just not good. And that's fine. (laughs) And that's completely fine. I knew that wasn't going to be the case with the two of you. A, because I had already had an opportunity to work with you, Devin, like early on um, and kind of get like a breadth of how your brain worked. And then Margaret, based on two conversations and Devin's like trust in you, I had no doubt that the two of you would be phenomenal together. And I also know that like people do better in partnership. Mm -hmm. So if you have two people who are dynamic and can hold their own and can be on a microphone, you're going to create magic. And then obviously from a business perspective, it would be silly for me not to be like, oh, both of these women who I want to support um, have access to a breadth of contacts that I would want access to that have no idea we exist. So, you why can would say I say it? Know? We're
0: popular as fuck. Okay. Yeah, you're
2: popular. You're like part of the cool crowd. And I'm decidedly not. Like, nobody knows about us. And so I had the opportunity. It, w- it would have been dumb for me not to take my shot of saying, you two should be on a microphone. You two are extremely talented. I'd love to be a part of this journey with you.
0: Yeah. And not to turn this into takeaways because I we very deliberately have gone away from that. But I do it's think it's a bonus. So.
1: so, we can do a takeaway once or yeah. twice. Why not? That's true.
0: So, it's like, I think. And this—the reason I wanted to point it out is because I think this is something that I don't hear in a lot of conversations from specifically B two B companies who are considering launching a podcast, which is the talent, right? They—I what I hear more often is title, yeah, not you know um, uh, charisma, chemistry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chemistry, charisma of the individual, chemistry between two, a lot of folks are doing it, which I don't, I think this is actually kind of a good idea, but a lot of folks do podcasts, B2B companies do podcasts as a way to meet, to get in front of new potential leads, like build relationships, which is cool, but then, you know, they're not really thinking about those things, like, you know, it's the talent, the talent is still the differentiator, yeah. and just because you have a title like CEO doesn't mean you're a talent for a podcast or, you know, something where you're trying to spread ideas.
2: Do you have thoughts, Margaret? Because you know I do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I so I think the the biggest takeaway whenever I'm trying to talk to a founder about their own personal brand is that, and you, Rachel, you talked about this before, like you have to, it has to be... Exciting for you to contribute to it. It has to fit in the method that feels least frictionful, like most frictionless. And I think that that piece of like being on a microphone or writing things down or even somebody ghostwriting, like all of those activations of a personal brand need to be aligned with who that person is. Some people would rather write than to be on the microphone. And I think that that. Again, it's looking at it from the different angle of like, okay, well, if we have founders, if we have VP titles, we have C-suite titles, and we're going to activate personal brands, let's not think podcast first. Let's think like how do we activate this person's personal brands through the way that feels most natural to them, maybe stretching them a little bit. But then thinking from it of like the business has decided that a podcast is the right avenue to reach their target audience. I think that that is so core to, yeah, let's find the most engaging, most charismatic, most interesting people. And I always go back to like, especially with those interview podcasts, like even somebody that's great at having a conversation isn't necessarily somebody that's great at interviewing. And it could be that you tap the person that has the best conversational skills, but they're not the person if you're doing an interview style to let that other person shine and to pull out their nuggets and kind of wrap their story up. And so that's even like, there's nuance even in who should be on a microphone for which style to be on a microphone.
2: Okay. I have so many thoughts here. So for one, letter, letter free, (laughs) (laughs) but for one, it's like, um, every brand I think should have an audio strategy. Like if you, as part of your content mix, the thing that I would also say is like most leaders are better in conversation and they're better at auditorial like connection And so there is this default to say, well, then they should be the ones on the microphone. But to your point, Margaret, people think that if they do a podcast, it has to be an interview style podcast. And that's also not true. So you can find people who are really good at having interviews, but I think that it's more important that you find people who can have really good conversations. And then you work with a producer or somebody internally, like you can have an internal producer or an external, it doesn't matter, but you should be working with a producer to help frame what that conversation needs to be about. Because too often what's happening in the podcast space is they get into interview mode, which becomes check the box content creation. And so then, of course, it's not engaging at all. And then a lot of times what ends up happening also is that you put a CEO or you put a CMO or somebody who has a lot on their plate as an executive, you put them on a microphone and you say, you've got to go on here and have this interview. You have to have this like conversation. Here's my brief. And they're so pressed for time that they're not present in the conversation either. And so then they're also not engaging. And so it all comes down to like the very first thing you said, which is essentially like you want to do something that they're excited about doing, and then you can prepare them and help them be equipped to be, be successful. But it comes down to like two primary truths. Can they be present? Meaning like, can they actually just engage in what's happening in real time right now? And the second thing is like, is actually having a good conversation if you're going to do an interview show. But again, like you don't
0: have to default to interview podcast. You two didn't. On purpose. I am so sick of that. Like, I skip over all of them. If there's a guest host, my favorite one of my favorite, like, tech news podcasts is Pivot. Mm -hmm. And Scott Galloway takes the month of August off. And I'm a much less avid listener when one of the two hosts isn't there. Because I love what I love is their dynamic together, their individual selves coming together. And I think what we've seen, I mean, this happened to me. Um, the other day it was like, I met someone in the marketing world who was like, oh my God, like I've heard so much about you. Like every, you know, sort of this, y- there's a, this ubiquitous, t- ubiquitousness to you, you know, uh, is like, it's ubiquitous. I'm like ubiquitosity. I don't even
1: know. <laughs> Ubi- ubiquitousness, <laughs> you big, you
0: bic. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> you're a bit. You're a <laughs> Um, No, it's sort of you become ubiquitous through your ideas and impact. And that to me is way more valuable and fulfilling than, oh, you're a CEO of this company and you made them a lot of money. It's like, cool. Yes, I was very proud of that. But I'm finding more satisfaction from having people identify me as someone who has had a positive impact and who they hear positive things about through that impact. And I think a podcast has been a really great. It's like you, you lead with the idea, right? It's the idea and the people and that can be both very scary as I experienced but also a lot more rewarding. Um Margaret,
1: we, it is We said your that on turn- a Oh, I was going to say, we said that on yeah. a call, though, the three of us together, where I think, Devin, you were freaking out about something. <laughs> As I do. You were freaking out about something about, like, whether we were being insightful enough, I think. And the thing that I <laughs>
0: – I had that
1: thought this morning.
0: I was like, are we evolving enough? Like, are we really leaving into – like?
1: Mm -hmm. And the thing that I reminded you was I was like, listen, there's probably even people with better marketing advice out there. There's probably people that have, you know, had a bigger career or have done more things or made companies more money or whatever it might be. But I don't think we have bad advice. And I think that our chemistry and our, our conversations are interesting and they give me energy after. I have them. So it's yeah. like, that's the differentiation. And I kept bringing it back to that where I'm like, yeah, we don't need the takeaways. And I'm really glad that we decided an- initially off the bat to not bring people in and do interviews. Um, Rachel, congratulations on being the very first person
2: oh, to be shoot. I didn't even on think the about pod. That. <laughs> How fun is that? <laughs> but it's not an and interview. interview. An and on- only. And only. Yeah. And shut up. Okay, i the only guest for Don't Say Content ever.
0: For all yeah. those people that email us every single week offering a guest for our show. Let it know. (laughs) Don't do
2: their homework is what that means. Stuff like that drives
0: me crazy. Anyway. I have a canned response. Did you listen to our podcast? I I
2: had people DMing me for years on LinkedIn, like before I ever had a podcast, people DMing me all the time asking to be a guest on my podcast. I never had a podcast. I was like, no, no, I create podcasts for other people. Like, I just can't stand that. It's like such laziness. Anyways. I love it.
0: Uh, yes. And it is lazy, but I love that that happens because it's, hilarious. I just think it's
1: probably some like poor overworked, like PR associate that has no, like that needs, needs to send a hundred out, you know, it's but probably automation a problem? actually. Yeah. I yeah. think it's more of an automation thing. Like, yeah. well now, gosh, I I'm thinking 10 years ago when it used to be me.
2: And I, run, same, I did the same PR thing. Person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You said something though, Devin, that I think is important. Everything you just said is all about the reason you do brand marketing anyway. It's like, you're not selling the product. You're not selling the service. Like you're selling the authenticity of the humans that are creating the thing. And so it's like, if you look at some of the most popular podcasts out there, I mean, SmartList just sold for what $80 million. Their podcast doesn't have takeaways. The whole thing is them engaging in rhetoric and conversation and like having fun. And so it goes back to this idea of talent and like, having a point of view and having the bravery to like get on a mic and actually engage in conversation as opposed to feeling like you have to become somebody different when you're on the digital world as opposed to who you are when you're with your friends or what blah, blah, blah. Like I think that's the magic that you two have is like you're authentic no matter where you are. And I think because you both were separated from your like original jobs, you had more freedom to come fully to the mic as yourselves. And I think that's like the tension we're feeling right now in the marketplace is like is giving people the freedom to be who they are without feeling like it's going to damage your brand or your opportunity to sell your product or service. Well,
1: wait, 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 because there was an episode that Devin and I recorded that we killed because we were being way too authentic. <laughs>
2: that I think we cut some things from that?
1: No, no, we killed that episode. We went back Which and one? forth and back and forth and just killed that episode. It was about yeah. relationships at work. Oh. Oh yeah. And you mean killed kind of it like we had to cut it? Str- like killed it dead because no, not killed he, it. Like it, we did a good job. No, like no, we deleted. It like it. Never saw the light of day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct. And I feel like I was had a big opinion on why that needed to be cut.
0: I messaged you because we'd gone back yeah. and forth, and, and finally, I was feeling so nervous about it. I texted you, Rachel, and I yeah. was like, "I need you to tell me what should I do."
2: <laughs> and and I'll tell you why that got cut because there's a difference between authenticity and the sense of like you can be completely yourself and in the moment versus sharing stories that aren't for everyone to have access to. So there's like there are boundaries that you can create that help people put you in the right light because that you wouldn't want to associate some things that you do in your life to be how people think of you because people think in black and white and they don't think in holistic viewpoints and nuance and like all this stuff. And so you, that's why you need a producer to protect you
0: Yes. Yeah. You know what I
2: mean? We were Rachel- trying to
1: explore nuance in that conversation. <laughs> we did but- try to explore. Nuance. Rachel was like, Devin,
0: you were a hoe. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> no, worsen. I was just
2: like, some of this is not going to be putting you in the best light. That's all I'm saying.
0: This is before I was a leader, by the way. Like this didn't. Not all the podcast this is like-
1: episode. All the stories from the
0: podcast the
2: episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: The stories were all like, these were all my younger day shenanigans.
2: And Margaret, as
0: per usual, was like,
2: I I do nice, appropriate things. I can't contribute. But here's the thing like, you have, like, what you have to do, though, is you have to protect. Like, this is the way I think about it. This is is more formulaic for people who are trying to understand this. Like, you should be comfortable letting people get on the mic if they represent your brand based on the values of your brand. And I was concerned that the values that Devin has would not (laughs) show up in the way that. A lay person listening would then associate you with. And so that's why it was like this doesn't show you in those values. And so it's not like everything gets said, everything gets on the mic. It's like yeah. everything that's in line with my values and how they want my brand values to be associated. Yeah. Tell
1: <laughs> I'm just I don't she even kind of like roasted you there with your values, Devin. Yeah. Devin has some values that are <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: i like um, I actually like don't know what to say because I'm both not offended. I like agree and I'm not yeah. offended, so I'm kind of like, it was fine. yeah, let's just move on then because I, you're correct, I agree. Yeah, but I my think values that are. This is why
1: I am so, like, my will die on the hill that I think brand and like strategic brand teams should own cultural values because they need to be your brand values, and then it becomes a decision-making framework of who you hire based on if they align to your brand and cultural values. And then every single person at your company, is, you would feel more confident for them to be a public representation of your brand because you know that they're already aligned to your core brand values that are most important to you. That also means that they're doing work that's more emotionally fulfilling because they're operating within their own value framework already. And it just makes so much more sense for cultural values and brand values to be as one-to-one as possible and for you to hire on people that align to those. And then in the age of social media, when your you know marketing manager accidentally goes viral on TikTok doing some semi-work-related content, because they're aligned to your cultural values, you're probably not pissed off about it.
0: Right? Yeah. Although I will say that, like, I agree with the second piece of that, like brand values and cultural values should be aligned, but I took setting the company values very seriously as a CEO. And I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to do that because I like, I was the singularly responsible person for the health and growth of the company. And so to lead with authenticity, I needed to be – I didn't do it by myself, right? I did it with – but I did it with the, like, stakeholders, the executive stakeholders. So I think, like, I, as a CEO, like, I want to be the one that sets them. Yes. But I'm happy for both the um, the people team and the brand team to work together to, like, own and perpetuate them and kind of keep them living and breathing throughout the internal and external um, company culture and – messaging.
2: I think that's what ha- that's how it has to be. It's like the CEO and leadership set the values. And then to me, it's like the brand team, like to your point, Margaret, the content team should take it and live it out in terms of like this, the company stories and all that kind of stuff. And if you think about like, them i them being like as simple as possible for simplicity's sake. But if you think about the difference between content marketing and brand storytelling, it's emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you're actually pouring your values into what you're doing then you're going to create more emotional connection, which helps you sell the brand, which helps you sell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's an interesting way to actually think about content creation is more around the values and then getting people on the mic who you've hired based on the values.
0: Yeah. Content used to be closer, like more, there used to be more, what is the word you use? Like emotional. Brand storytelling. Brand storytelling, There used to be so much more in there. Like when we started... You know, like there was a lot more of that. And I think we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't think we have to talk about it today, but just about how the increased ability to measure marketing content marketing activities has led to sort of a um a what is the word? I, I forgot how to use a demise or decline. No, it's like they're boiling it down to just one – like a very small impact, which is numerical, Mm -hmm. versus like the sort of outsized impact it could have and used to have, but some of which is unquantifiable – or not directly quantifiable. Hard pause because we have now gotten very far into this recording, and Margaret has not shared her fear yet, and I am not letting us
1: end without it, so – I wasn't that scared. I feel like on the spectrum of scared, I was more scared than Rachel and less scared than you Devin. <laughs> it was like maybe the midpoint anchor a little bit just like a healthy <laughs> a healthy amount of like what are we doing and is this going to be successful? I think that there's always been a a deep underlying fear that I don't have anything new and fresh to share, like I very much growing up remember trying to come up with science fair ideas being like all of science is done how could I come up with a new idea um and then even through my career I kind of always thought that there was somebody smarter that was going to tell me shut up that's a stupid idea and then um it was that slow it was you know I had started to advise for maybe a month or two before we launched this podcast or maybe three months and so I started to have those winds of of being impactful on calls and having something to say. And then it kind of snowballed and I, and I had more confidence even before we launched it. But I definitely that that's just, you know, always worried that somebody else is that everyone else is smarter than me. It's probably because both of my siblings are way smarter than me. And so I grew up with everyone in the house being smarter than me.
0: (laughs) It's a different, it's different, different types of knowledge and way that knowledge is communicated. And because of the societal structure that we have around schools and workplace, it is we have grown accustomed to defining knowledge in a sort of like hierarchical or on a spectrum that isn't accurate. Because not all knowledge is on the same spectrum. It's more. Yeah. I am going to call you out a little bit, though, because there was a point where you were, yes, this is right before launch of season one. What did I do? You were like, you kind of disappeared in like the last 24 hours and you admitted to me, you're like, Devin, I all of a sudden got really nervous and you're like, I had to like run away from this. Cause I was like, I
1: just make myself cool. very busy on other things when something is scaring me. So I'll yeah. just it's like I did it wasn't like I was like hiding underneath my bed sheets. I was just yeah. probably doing other things that weren't nearly as as important as launching the the, the podcast.
0: Yeah. I was like, hello? Hello? And you were like, finally, after you're like, I, I had a little moment. Again, it was not, yeah. I would say it was within the spectrum, maybe a little bit higher than um, what you described. But that was the one time where I was like, oh man, like it was, it was memorable. I didn't let my in- mask slip once and it will never happen
1: again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, like, from my perspective, like I didn't have fear around you two being like, you know, successful and having a good show, but I had fear around what you two would think of me and the company and stuff like that because to to your point margaret around like being smart and all that kind of thing like i that's always been my most insecure thing of like wanting to show up as like smart and know what i'm doing um that could default to bossiness who knows i think if we wrapped it around the fear layers like i think going into anything like content creation going into anything like well, let's do a partnership that's that we don't know. We like we know each other, but we don't know each other that well. I think there's always like opportunities for fear to re- rear its ugly head, if you will. And I think just the three of us staying transparent and just like seeing it through has proven to be extremely rewarding, like for me personally. But then also like to see the success and the transformation that you two have had has been wildly rewarding.
0: Well, it's curiosity and bravery. These were two of the values that I set at Animals, and they have. Yeah. These are two that I've just like latched onto it's like we were curious enough to experiment together and we're sorry we were brave enough to experiment and curious enough to really like you know evaluate those experiments kill our darlings and i think you know it is i think it is a different experience when peers collaborate right like we are all peers and we're all peers in the same industry and i do think that creates this healthy kind of like nerve or intimidation um, which I definitely feel with both of you. And I also feel completely comfortable around you at the same time. And that's what I think is really valuable. Because, Rachel, your sort of – your philosophy behind Share Your Genius is what made me – that's what sold me on you. And then how you – like, how that translated into the actual production work is really what it was. <laughs> and so, yeah, it is like that you see beyond the tactics, right? You didn't yeah. create a podcast – like. You call it a podcast production company because that's what you know. Those are the words you know that your customers understand. Because even though podcasts are, you know, it is a uh, saturated market now, there's an understanding that podcasts exist, but not an understanding of how to or when to or what to. And so I think, you know, you chose the right words for folks to self-identify you as a solution, but your actual philosophy is that you are creating like you're helping people perpetuate a philosophy, a big idea, and then create connection with the community that they operate in through that story and giving them multiple ways to communicate it. Right. Because the as you know, the recorded, the audio translates into video content, written content, et cetera. And so like You are extracting the idea, and then that is actually just the like incubation phase, right? That just gives you the thing, and then that disseminates into a near endless amount of content that can perpetuate that idea in multiple different ways. And so, like that, you having that big vision is what sold me because that was what like that's an executive level vision, right? Like that's what I had as a CEO. That's what attracted to me to you as a CEO and as a marketer, because I'm like, right, you see the big picture.
2: To me, like it all comes down to it's never just a podcast. And it's never just a podcast because you have a unique position and opportunity to get your voice out into the world. And then it's our job, like I said at the beginning, to help you see the story that you can't see, even if we know what you want to achieve. And then we live in in an environment right now where there's so much opportunity to create additional pieces of media and content from it, that for you not to tap into that as a channel to then create tons of content is a missed opportunity. And I'm calling you out on the saturation thing because it's so untrue. Think about this stat for just a second. There are 7 million podcasts out in the world, 7 million total, total. And 30% of those are active. There are 454 million and some change podcast listeners per month. Oh, Think about that. There's so much opportunity and people don't just listen to one podcast. And so people have such ripe opportunity actually to, to snag an audience or to address a new audience that has never listened to podcasts before, or to create a series that they engage with that creates all of that abundance of content from that one channel. Like there is so much opportunity. And I think there's like still, I don't even know what the stat is now, maybe over 600 million blogs out there. So when people say the podcast space is saturated, it's not, it's not what's saturated is people jumping on a microphone and doing an interview that's check the box. That's what's saturated. And so it's like, but you have an opportunity to do something different. And create that media owned strategy starting from a podcast. And that's what I see. And that's why it's never just a podcast. And the never reason it's just not a podcast though is because of what you said at the very beginning, Devin, is like you had so much fear and then it's transformed you. On a personal level, what getting on the mic has been able to do and like what it's going to continue to do in the future, you cannot like put like into a number. So anyway, so that's why it's never just a podcast.
0: Yes, boss. <laughs>
1: that's a mic drop and we would never drop these beautiful precious (laughs) microphones but if we would that would be a mic drop moment all right dear listeners thank you so much for listening to today's podcast bonus episode and all of the other episodes that you've joined us on we're going to be back in september of 2023 with season three brand new fresh season dropping for you In the meantime, feel free to find us on LinkedIn and let us know if there's anything you want us to be covering here in the near future. Talk soon.